0: Thanks for checking out the Good Morning Hamilton podcast. I'm Rick Zamperin. More fraud and wrongdoing at Hamilton City Hall. Amalgamation could return to parts of Ontario. A Ticats player steps up to address homelessness. There are a ton of things to do this family day long weekend. The Hamilton Public Library celebrates CHML alumnus Jackie Washington. And Scott McGilvery and Brian Baumler are joining forces. We'll tell you more next year on the Good Morning Hamilton podcast.
1: This is the Good Morning Hamilton podcast on 900 CHML.
0: Ah, this is a head scratcher. Hamilton's annual fraud and waste report confirming dozens of cases of fraud, waste, or wrongdoing involving city employees and contractors. A head shaker, a head scratcher. Charles Brown is the city auditor with the city of Hamilton and joins us now on Good Morning Hamilton. Charles, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Rick. How are you? Not too bad. You've been busy. What What have you found over the last year?
2: So, uh, so Rick, this is our third, actually our third annual report of the uh, activities of the fraud and waste uh, hotline. And, uh, you know, we've had uh, more reports than ever, ever before. This year we had um, reports, and when I say reports, I mean people who make allegations, and they can be employees or they could be citizens as well. Um, this past uh, year, we had 107 reports compared to the previous two years, which were 80 and 85. So the volume is up and uh, this year it resulted in uh, 22 investigations with, uh, it ran the gamut from uh, you probably recall it, the darts, uh, allegations that we looked into with the safety of vehicles to other issues of, uh, waste and loss due to fraud.
0: So what um, common types of wrongdoing uh, have you been forced to investigate?
2: So I think the biggest issue for us this year, and it, it's actually a repeat of last year, is the, is the conflict of interest uh, that we're finding uh, seemingly more, more and more. We've had since inception, we've had um, no less than 14 uh, conflict of interest uh, investigations that we've done, uh, that were, there were three this year. Uh, uh two of them were uh, substantiated and i think that uh, uh that relates to the fact that conflict of interest i think for staff is 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 difficult to understand it's partly an issue with the uh, the policy that we have but the issue appears to be staff who just don't recognize or report conflicts of interest or if they they do report them they're not dealt with uh, properly in terms of ensuring the city is uh Uh, is protected. So that's the biggie for us this year. In fact, the front of the report, you make some commentary on this particular theme. A, that we've reiterated the need for stronger mitigations um, of conflicts, um, kind of a repeat of the previous year. Uh, We got to beef up the policy, including conflict of interest policy, as well as gifts and hospitality. So that's a big one for us.
0: So in your report, does it also come with recommendations to say, listen, this system has to change?
2: Yes, we made specific recommendations around improving understanding and the policy of conflict of interest and also of gifts and hospitality. They're they're cited
0: in the report. So when it comes to conflict of interest, do you have a specific example you can share of how someone could be unknowingly um, being wasteful with money or or, uh, giving preferential treatment to someone?
2: Right. That's that. That's it in a nutshell. Either because you have family relationships or social relationships, let's say with a vendor, or vendors, uh, and that results in favorable treatment. That's a
0: conflict of interest. So, what kind of waste are we looking at here? What dollar amounts uh, have come in?
2: That's one of the ones that's difficult to to quantify. As you, as you probably saw in the report, we did estimate. Uh, this past year 718,000 in loss or waste that was associated with issues. That particular um, issue is very difficult to quantify so it's actually not included in the total.
0: Charles Brown is our guest on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. Mr. Brown is the city auditor with the city of Hamilton and uh, just released the third annual fraud and waste reports that confirms many cases of fraud, waste, wrongdoing involving uh, city employees and contractors. You mentioned uh, this year being the all time highest in terms of the number of allegations you received. Does that prove that this system is working? This hotline is working?
2: Well, I think it's clearly the hotline is well used, and I certainly believe it's effective at exposing issues, uh, combating fraud and waste, and uh, improving overall transparency and accountability.
0: The report uh, identifies that you were able to substantiate 32% of these 100-plus allegations. Is it hard to prove wrongdoing? Obviously, with the statistic being that low, I guess it is.
2: Yeah, it's actually quite high. If you look at Ottawa's substantiation rate and uh, Toronto, Ottawa, uh, Toronto is seventeen percent substantiation, and Ottawa's twenty six percent. Now they do have considerably more uh, higher volume. Uh, just to cite one, for example, Ottawa has five hundred and seventy five reports every year that they deal with.
0: Hmm. Wow, that's quite a bit. Uh, and yeah. there, there are obviously severe penalties here. A couple of people have lost their jobs. Others have been either forced to resign or retire.
2: It's uh, it's it's a bit of a mixed bag in terms of the response. It obviously de- de- depends on the specific circumstances of of the incidents. But yes, there are there can be severe impacts uh, on on staff who who breach uh, the code of conduct.
0: If there is someone listening right now who says, you know what, I have an allegation to make. How do they go about doing that?
2: So you can go to uh, the best thing is to go to our website. Uh, just you can. Uh, Google City Auditor and we have links to our third party that uh, 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 um, mans the hotline 24-7 um, or you, you, either by phone or the best thing is probably to go online and file a report online you can remain anonymous too you don't have to tell us who you are um, if you're online, just you, you 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 have a username and a pin number, and uh, we can talk back and forth. And we won't necessarily know who you are if you want to remain anonymous, but we'll able to we'll be able to get the best possible information that way if you go online.
0: Charles, appreciate your time this morning. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. Have a good day. You too. That is Charles Brown, city auditor with the city of Hamilton. Many examples of. Uh, Wasteful spending, wrongdoing fraud at Hamilton City Hall. You can check out more online in our website, 900CHML.com. There's a story right on the homepage.
1: You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900CHML.
0: We're talking all things amalgamation. I, I know, don't run and hide. I know it's a bad word for some of you. But when the Ford government reviews municipal governance later on this year, Could it possibly mean another round of amalgamation for some communities? Not all. Because the premier earlier this week was asked about potentially merging Mississauga, Brampton, and Caledon into a city of Peel. So Peel region would become the city of Peel. Now, for his part, the premier said, listen, they should be standalone cities, but he did not rule out the possibility of of doing that. Marvin Reiner is not only a professor at the Groot School of Business at McMaster University, he was one of the key players in Hamilton's amalgamation efforts with the transition board way back when. Marvin, good morning. Welcome back to the show. How are you?
3: I'm glad to be with you.
0: Am I bringing up bad memories for you?
3: No, not at all. (laughs) Uh, First, just historical context. In 2000, when we did the amalgamation in Hamilton, we were not the only ones being amalgamated. There were four groups that were going through an amalgamation. Sudbury went through one Ottawa went one, and then in Haldeman, Norfolk, you had uh, both a a divorce and an amalgamation. The region of Haldeman, Norfolk was divorced into having a town of Haldeman and a town of Norfolk. And, you know, the idea back then, and it still was true uh, for any of these new ones, was to look for some efficiencies. Now, did we get efficiencies? Yes. At the end of that year of amalgamation, we actually reduced the city's budget by $25 We froze property taxes for a year and we actually reduced the property taxes for one year on uh, industrial and commercial properties. So uh, these kinds of efficiencies do exist. They are not a solution to everything and they don't necessarily last because those municipalities have to grow and prosper. And of course, that needs more tax revenue. Today in Ontario, there are eight regional governments still functioning And my bet is that if there was to be another round of amalgamation, there would be four of those eight that would come under the microscope that might include Halton. And I don't want to scare the people, but that nice group, Burlington, Oakville, Milton and Halton Hills, it could look at Peel. Uh, It could also look down in Niagara and it could look in Waterloo. Those would be the four most likely candidates for an amalgamation today.
0: The uh, Fraser Institute did a study not too long ago and found that uh, amalgamation in places like Haldeman-Norfolk, one of the regions they studied, led to higher property taxes, bigger paychecks for municipal employees, and long-term debt in both amalgamated and unamalgamated communities, suggesting that there was no real tangible financial benefit from amalgamation. Has it worked better in some places compared to others?
3: Yes. So let's deal with that study for half a second. The, here's the challenge. When you emerge a, a group of municipalities, you don't round down to the lowest salary. You have to round up to the highest salary. In other words, if I had an employee in the city of Hamilton that was earning $20 an hour and a similar employee in the town of Dundas that was getting $18, you don't take the $20 person down to 18 You take the $18 person up to $20. So this it eats into your savings. You round to the highest con- common denominator. Good news in a place like Peel, where there's only three communities, then I don't think there's going to be as much difference in salaries. But if you look at a place like, uh, uh, for instance, the region of Simcoe, which is north of us here, uh, that area, you'd probably have great diversity in the salaries and the, the municipal employees in the smallest communities would benefit with the biggest raises as they come to some common
0: ground. Marvin Ryder is our guest on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. Mr. Ryder is a professor in the DeGroote School of Business at McMaster University, a key individual with the transition board uh, way back when for Hamilton's amalgamation. We're talking about amalgamation and the potential one day of uh, more municipalities in this city coming together. One that uh, jumps out to me is Brantford-Brant County, because they have two different sets of councils. Could this be a prime target for the province to go after?
3: Well, Doug Ford has made it clear that <laughs> even though he's a politician, he's not keen on other politicians. You saw him unilaterally reduce the size of Toronto City Council because he felt too many politicians were a problem. And in an amalgamation, you certainly lose politicians. Uh, here in the in the city of Hamilton, you could think of all of the different uh, uh, city councils you had, whether it was Stony Creek or Glanbrook or Dundas and Ancaster, and they were all replaced. With one, even in the city of Hamilton, we used to have two representatives from each of the eight wards in the city, and that was reduced to just one for each ward. So you certainly reduce politicians. What I thought was a good idea in amalgamation, though, was that we got all corners of the city to focus on all of the problems being faced by the city. Uh, Once upon a time, it was pretty easy if you were in Ancaster or Dundas to simply say, oh, that's a Hamilton problem. I'm not going to worry about that. That's not us. That's them. And suddenly, now that there was amalgamation, we all had to think about each other's problems. And I actually think that's good. Now, that's not a dollar savings, but I think it helps us understand just how integrated these communities are, and especially some of the examples we've given here of Peel and Halton. These are, are very complicated communities who are growing, pressing up against each other, and you can get uh, uh, inefficiencies just by not being able to think of them as a system a regional system.
0: While the number of politicians is reduced, does that mean that city staffing levels are increased?
3: No. In fact, we were able. That's one of the reasons why we were able to save twenty-five million dollars in the city of Hamilton budget. We we were able to reduce some staffing levels. Now, I don't think it's quite the way you phrased it. Uh, we didn't get rid of front level say uh, service people. So the number of people providing service on the front level didn't change, but we were able to reduce middle management. And so we had a buyout and we were able to get rid of those sort of people. No one cries for those people. What they're worried about is frontline service people uh, dealing with consumers at large. And that didn't change.
0: We only got about a minute. Is there, maybe I'll ask it this way. How big is too big when it comes to a municipality? Obviously, Toronto is a mega city. Um, Can you use that formula with other municipalities and communities in this province?
3: Well, you, you raise a great question. And So if you look specifically at Peel, if you were to merge uh, Mississauga and Brampton and Caledon, you would wind up with a city of probably one and a half million people. It could very well become the second largest city in Ontario, surpassing Ottawa in terms of its population. And yet there can still be uh, savings found or at least efficiencies found as you went. The c- cry here in Hamilton was uh, super city never I hard hired for me to look at the new city of Hamilton, or now I know it's 20 years old, but the newer city of Hamilton and call it a super city. In many ways, it, it didn't change. And I think this is the key was that we, one of our goals was to make sure that the city of Hamilton was a community of communities, that when you woke up in Stony Creek, when you woke up in Ancaster the next day after the amalgamation, it didn't feel any different. So I, I don't know what Doug's doing. He's hired some great consultants. They're going to make their reports later this year We'll see how much of an appetite he has for forced amalgamations.
0: Marvin, always appreciate the time. Enjoy the day and the weekend. Thank you. Glad to be with you. Marvin Ryder is a professor in the DeGroote School of Business at McMaster University and a key figure in the transition board with Hamilton Amalgamation back in the year 2000 and the many months leading up to that big day.
1: You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML.
0: The United Way, Halton and Hamilton Sleepless in Our Cities event is going to be held later on this month. And there is a Hamilton Tiger Cats player who is going to be taking part and how this works is on the night of february 24th around 10 p.m this individual is going to climb into their vehicle and then sleep overnight in that vehicle all in an effort to raise funds for the united way to help people who are faced with houselessness mason bennett is a defensive lineman with the tiger cats and joins us now on good morning hamilton mason good morning
4: how are you good morning how you guys doing i'm good Uh, why did you volunteer to do this um well one it's just such a major issue pretty much every city you go to. Um, and growing up in Winnipeg, I've heard about this program. And then coming to Hamilton, seeing Chris Van Zyl, dude, I just knew that I wanted to be the uh, next person in line to give support.
0: Has Chris offered any advice to you?
4: Dress warm. <laughs> Dress warm. <laughs> what,
0: what, what did he tell you about his
4: experience? Um, he had a pretty chilly night, I guess. So um, obviously just prepare um Thankfully, I have the luxury of preparing, Um, but, you know, we're raising awareness for so many people that don't. Um, But yeah, he he pretty much just said, dress warm and prepare prepare for anything.
0: This is uh, obviously a fundraiser, and we're encouraging our listeners Mm -hmm. to go online to uwhh.ca. That is the United Way, Halton & Hamilton website. Make a donation. Uh, I know you've already raised or collected more than $3,000, which is pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. You have a goal of six grand, and you're already more than halfway there. That's pretty cool.
4: Yeah, it's awesome. We've had great support from family, friends, and the community. So um, Hamilton's been great supporting me and the and the cause, and we're going to keep it going.
0: Now, it is certainly a challenge for anyone to sleep in their vehicle because of houselessness. Mm. Mason, you're sixty two, so this could yeah. be really challenging for you.
4: It is going to be challenging, but like I mentioned earlier, I, I have the luxury of choosing to do this, and so many don't. So Um, I'm going to take it and uh, hopefully learn a little bit what other people have to go through daily and uh, maybe be a little bit more appreciative.
0: Yeah, I would imagine this is going to be an eye-opener for you and then anyone you come in contact to share this story.
4: Absolutely, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: So go to the website uwhh.ca You can even Google uh, Mason Bennett's uh, United Way Sleepless in Our Cities. It happens February 24th starting at 10pm. It goes until 8am the next day. Donations now being accepted and being matched by June and Ian Cockwell up to $100,000 which, uh, which is incredible. So good yeah, luck on awesome. that. Yeah, good luck on that. Do you have any uh, yeah,
4: I appreciate
0: it. Do you have any um, ideas on how you going to do that night
4: um i think i'll do pretty good growing up in winnipeg i'm kind of i'm kind of i guess used to the cold you could say um but i'm definitely gonna prepare um obviously sweats hoodie full winter jacket and uh United Way has also uh, been able to donate me some blankets to try out. So we'll see how those go, and uh, I'm looking forward to it.
0: It sounds like you are prepared. Also sounds like the Tiger Cats are making some great preparations for the 2023 Mm -hmm. season. A lot of free agent signings. Uh, Simone Mm -hmm. Lawrence is coming back. Bo Levi Mitchell has been signed. There's a lot of excitement here in Hamilton. What what do you think about this team that it's uh, uh, being constructed for this season?
4: Oh, yeah, it's going to be dangerous for sure. Uh, Like you said, we're putting together uh, guys from all over the country and uh camp will be interesting and then uh looking forward to week one with the with the new guys
0: does that really get a lot of the guys in the locker room talking about wow we signed this guy we got that guy we you know managed to attract this player is that create a big buzz in the locker room uh
4: a little bit i guess i guess with it being such a small league um you play these guys you know two or three even sometimes four times a a year right so um going against some of these guys for the last two years for me um on a constant basis, it's a it's a little interesting when they first come in the locker room, but uh, it's football at the end of the day, and you quickly become a close knitted team.
0: Hamilton also hosting the Grey Cup later on this season. How special, Mason, would it be for this team to end the longest Grey Cup drought in the CFL right now and do it at home?
4: Oh man, I mean, it would it would just seem it would just seem so right uh, to do it here and uh, with the support in our backyard and. Um, Yeah, it's going to be special.
0: Let's make it happen. Mason, uh, Mm -hmm. good luck on February 24th and uh, the morning of the 25th. We're all pulling for you. And again, we encourage our listeners to donate to the Sleepless in Our Cities event. You can go online to www.uwhh.ca. Good luck Mm -hmm. and thanks for joining us.
4: Appreciate it. Thank you for your time.
0: That is Mason Bennett, defensive lineman with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. He's going to be sleeping in his vehicle overnight, February 24th, 10 p.m. to 8 a.m. the next morning. Chris Van Zyl of the Tiger Cats did this and said, yeah, it was, it was cold. Layer up. And Mason makes a great point. You know, he has, he's able to prepare. People who are facing homelessness, houselessness, don't really have that preparation time. This is their lives. And so if, even if they have a vehicle... They're sleeping in it on a night like this where the wind chill tonight is going to be minus 16. And, yes, there are services and organizations in town that open up warming centers and invite people in. But the mental grind of that is a whole nother topic, let alone the physical aspect of what Mason is going to be doing. But uh, good luck to him. Congratulations to him and the Tiger Cats for stepping forward to say, hey, this is important. We need to shine a, a spotlight on this.
1: You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML.
0: The good news is there is a lot to do here in Hamilton on Family Day long weekend, and here to help us along is Ryan McHugh, Manager of Tourism and Events with the City of Hamilton. Ryan, good morning. Welcome back to the show.
5: Good morning, Rick. Thank you so much for having me.
0: There's so many things happening this weekend, especially. Uh, I'm not sure where to start. I, maybe, maybe Hamilton Winterfest will start there.
5: Absolutely. So I uh, Hamilton Winterfest and uh there is uh, just dozens of events happening over the weekend. And if you visit hamiltonwinterfest.ca, you'll be able to navigate all of those, but on Family Day, so on the Monday, um on the uh they have the hub up on top of Jackson Square. Mm-hmm. So this is something where uh, throughout the weekend they have 20 art installations, murals, uh ice skating if the weather permits, but even if it doesn't, uh, we're all like a little unseasonably warm weather. Uh, here in February, uh, there'll be food vendors, free concerts. And on the Family Day itself, uh, they're having what they call the Family Day Extravaganza. So uh, Winterfest in partnership with the Art Gallery, um, as well as the Hamilton Public Library, they've joined forces to put on a whole bunch of programming. So from February 20th from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Uh, at the hub up on top of Jackson Square, as well as in the Art Gallery, They'll have craft stations, workshop, sculptor building, face painting, you name it, all sorts of family fun. Um, I know me and my two little daughters and my wife will probably go on the Monday because it sounds pretty exciting. Uh, So that in itself. But beyond that, um, you know, Winterfest has tons of uh, arts and cultural sport programming. So really encourage your uh, listeners to go again to www.hamiltonwinterfest.ca to see all the fun that they can happen over the family day weekend, including on the family day Monday.
0: Winterfest, as you know, is a three-week-long event. I believe it started February second, and there's so many free events. There's events, obviously, you got to pay for. Obviously, you know the the artists or the musicians or the comedians, you know, uh, have to get mm-hmm. uh, their fair share. W- what kind of economic impact does this event bring to the city?
5: Yeah, so this um, you know Hamilton Winterfest, uh, it seems to grow every year. It just seems the Cobalt Connect. Uh, this is a City of Hamilton event. Uh, it's Cobalt Connect, a great uh, vendor who puts this on, on our behalf. And it just seems to grow and grow and grow. Uh, and, and it's just, you know, during that winter season, people often want to curl up, stay inside. But this uh, just gets people out there enjoying it. So you do see, uh, you know, thousands of people partaking in this activity. And even under this banner, in addition to their own programming, um, things like the Hamilton Bulldogs, The Rock, um uh, you know, other arts and cultural programming come under this banner to join in the promotion. So it really is just a number of Hamilton stakeholders banding together, celebrating the winter season, to the extent it exists. I know it's been warm this year.
0: Uh, you mentioned the Bulldogs; they play uh, tonight, uh, Sunday and Monday. The Rocket action at First Ontario Center tomorrow. Uh, but there's other events, other than sporting events, and one that caught my eye, and this is uh, really for the the adults of uh, of the world. And That's the Because Burr Craft Beer Festival. Yeah.
5: Yes, absolutely. And uh, and that's one which um, on the family day, uh, Monday, well, actually, excuse me. So from 5th, February 7th to 19th uh, at the Bridgeworks, which is, you know, great, great music venue. If you haven't seen that, really encourage you to check that out. So you can go to the craft beer festival and they'll have, you know, dozens uh, of craft beer. So any uh, beer drinker, um, also ciders, if you like, and they'll also have music and things like that. So this is a, a great, um, great, great event. Uh, for those which are looking for, you know, that old beverage or two and try some new beer, uh, whether you're a craft beer enthusiast or somebody who likes ciders, uh, definitely will be something there for you.
0: And certainly encourage everyone who does partake to make sure they have a designated driver or are taking a, a taxi or an Uber, or whatever the case is. Um, what else do you want to highlight this weekend? Because there's so many things to look at.
5: So so many. And um, you did mention at the First Ontario Centre, there's a pack weekend, uh, there's a Bulldogs, they play. um, I know the Friday, the uh, the Saturday, the Toronto Rock play. The Bulldogs play again the Sunday and the Monday. So definitely keep an eye out there if you're a sports fan. And as always, uh, our Hamilton Civic Museums, um, we have lots of programming. So at the um, uh, Dundurn Castle, so there's Family Day at Dundurn and the Hamilton Military Museum. So uh, plenty of programming throughout there and including on the family day guided tours so that's always a favorite of mine as well on family day there is at their hamilton steam and technology museum uh there's a, a model train show for those of you who might be model train enthusiasts or interested so that is from two to four on monday and it's um the hamilton steam museum and technology as well as a group the golden horseshoe live steamers so this will be all sorts of model trains and crafts for uh, for 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 children. So that'll be a great event as well.
0: well. Lots to see and do for young and old here in Hamilton. Ryan, appreciate the rundown. Uh, enjoy the family day and long weekend.
5: Thank you. You as well, Rick. Thanks for having
0: Thanks me. Thanks very much. Uh, that's Ryan Q, manager of tourism and events at the city of Hamilton. Uh, there is another event going on at the Ancaster Old Town Hall. And this has to do with Black History Month, Black History in Hamilton and Ancaster. It's a speaker series, as a number of speakers will discuss Black History in Hamilton, in Ancaster, uh, how the Black population organized in this area. Griffin National Historic House uh, is going to be discussed as well. You can get your ticket information on the Hamilton Civic Museum's website. That should be pretty fun and informative as well.
1: You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML.
0: Around 1932,
2: Louis Armstrong came to Hamilton and he was down at my mother's place. and I always wanted to sing on radio. So he told me a song that he sang. And I sang it when CHML was down in the picket building basement.
0: That is the voice of the illustrious Jackie Washington. He was Canada's first black disc jockey right here on 900 CHML way back in 1948. His show aired from 48 to 1950. Of course, not only a CHML alumnus, but a wonderful musician who had a phenomenal career and his life, his legacy is being celebrated today at the Hamilton Public Library, all part of Black History Month. And here to talk about it is Shelley McKay, the manager of communications with Hamilton Public Library. Shelley, good morning. Welcome to the show. Good
6: morning. Good morning. Thanks so much for having us. and uh, Happy Jackie Washington Day.
0: Yeah, right back at you. So what is <laughs> happening today to celebrate Mr. Washington?
6: We have a full lineup, thanks to uh, all the great programming staff at Hamilton Public Library, as well as the Black community here in Hamilton. Uh, It's a wonderful day of performances with blues and jazz and music and singing, uh, dancing and reading. So we're going to start this morning at uh, Hamilton Public Library Central Library right there on 55 York in the morning 10 to 10.30 for a blues and jazz story time. And it's going to feature, oh my goodness, adorable kids books called Double Bass Blues by Andrea Loney and Feast for Ten by Catherine Falwell. These will be followed by music, singing and dancing. So we'll start with the little ones and then uh, get up to, to the big ones. Uh, then later in the day, we're going to have special performances at, again, Central Library in the Hamilton Room from noon to three. At noon, we had have Garnetta Cromwell and Band, guitar, bass, drums, voice, it's going to be amazing. 2pm, we have the Spice Cabinet, I love this name, the Spice Cabinet from Mohawk College. Spice Cabinet is a 10-piece band of Mohawk College's music program students. The group combines the best of world-world rhythm and blues with contemporary soul music, 10 wonderful musicians you know from 2 to 3 right there in the Hamilton room and then at 3:30 we have the National Film Board documentary Harvest Jazz and Blues Festival from Frederick New Brunswick. Uh so we have we have lots going on today at uh, central library to celebrate Jackie Washington Day and uh, if you are at home and this this weather is uh it's, it, it looks a little chilly if you're going to stay at home and uh, you can always check out HPL's YouTube channel for Jackie Washington encore performances of LT Monk from two years ago and uh, Angela Nethersoul from last year. So we have something something for everybody today and uh, to celebrate Jackie Washington. And I also want to mention that there are 16 Black Hamiltonians being profiled this month for Black History Month across the city. In municipal centers, at, at uh, public libraries, some of the rec centers, wonderful flags on the streets. And Jackie Washington is one of those wonderful folks who we're celebrating.
0: You mentioned uh, little ones taking part in today's event. Is, is this a program that's kind of uh, ingested by the school system to get young children involved?
6: This is a story time from zero to four. So all your little ones who are not quite ready for uh, for JK yet, they can, you can uh, come down with their parent and caregiver, grandparent and sing and dance and and uh, the library staff will read fun books and there'll be lots of room for, for singing and dancing after reading as well. So, uh, you know, for the, for the small, small ones who are just getting into the blues and jazz and, <laughs> and learning to move and have some fun.
0: There, there are a number of amazing um, uh, individuals that are being celebrated during Black History Month that have deep connections, deep roots here in Hamilton, Jackie Washington being one of them. How did you go about picking all these individuals?
6: The individuals were actually chosen by the Black Community Associations here in Hamilton. And uh, if you visit the Hamilton website, the City of Hamilton website, you can see all the individuals and They were celebrated when we did a kickoff at City Hall, oh, a couple weeks ago at the beginning of the month, and it was a really wonderful launch of a great program that's Black History Remembered. The folks are all uh, on the website; their their images are there. It's beautifully designed. All the bios of all of the uh, contributions that they've made, the wonderful history that uh, that Hamilton has with this with their with our Black communities and. and these are the 16, I would say, beginning individuals that we're highlighting. And then uh, we will look to do more in the future.
0: That's going to be awesome. It is a Jackie Washington Day as part of Black History Month at Hamilton Public Library. And we're talking with Shelley McKay, the manager of communications at the HPL. Lots more information online at HPL.ca. What should people know and what will people learn about Jackie Washington when they take in some of the programming today?
6: I think they'll, they'll hear some of his... Uh, his legacy. I, I was amazed. I was reading a bio about him and he could rattle off 1,300 songs. He knew 1,300 songs. Wow. It was part of his repertoire. Oh, I can barely have two. So <laughs> <laughs> that's truly amazing. And uh, so it's really a great opportunity to celebrate the man and his legacy and his music. And uh We're going to keep it going all day long.
0: Uh, Yeah, he had an amazing legacy. Obviously, he was a a multi-talented individual. And not only will people learn about Jackie Washington, but all the other individuals that are being recognized during Black History Month as well.
6: I agree. And check out hpl.ca for more information. The city has all of the 16 individuals who are being uh, featured. Take a drive around town. You'll see the beautiful flags and uh, all their beautiful faces around town and be sure to read all their bios because it's really inspirational.
0: It's going to be a lot of fun. Shelley, thanks for the information today. Good luck with the programming.
6: Thanks so much. Hope to see you there.
0: That is Shelley McKay, manager of communications at Hamilton public library and If you're thinking about going to the Central Library location, downtown Hamilton, there is a noon hour concert with Jackie Washington Day, Um, 2 p.m. concert as well, as they uh, fire up all the instruments that they're going to need to play of uh, the songs that he entertains so many people with. Uh, more information online at hpl.ca. And if you miss any of it, as Shelley mentioned, you can go on the Hamilton Public Library's YouTube page as well and uh, see it uh, retroactively, I guess.
1: You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. Welcome to Renovation Resorts. Woo! Woo!
7: This is the ultimate renovation competition. Each week you'll face a new challenge. You'll be
8: tasked with renovating a new space and we will be the judges.
0: Ooh, very interesting. Yes, celebrity home renovation experts Scott McGilvery and Brian Baumler teaming up in a new TV competition called Renovation Resort, premiering March 5th on HDTV Canada. Scott McGilvery, Brian Baumler, co-stars of Renovation Resort, joining me now on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. Scott, Brian, good morning. How are you? good morning hamilton good morning hey brian we'll start with you what's it been like working with scott on the show
7: oh i can answer that we're gonna start with the (laughs) tough questions are we amazing
8: um it uh you know it was an experience um it uh you know it happened and uh, we made it we made it through
0: (laughs) scott you sound more more enthralled with the experience
7: Oh, well, for Brian, especially, you know, just the pleasure of the lottery. Yeah, yeah. It was honestly, it was it was actually pretty tough because this was a massive competition with high stakes and short timelines, all the things that real renovations typically entail. Um, but it was also a bit of an adventure for Brian and I to be able to, you know, uh, bring in competitors, designers, contractors from all over North America for the first time ever in, a, in one show and uh, have them compete in what feels like a kind of behind the scenes type show because brian and i were living there for the duration along with in the parking the, lot in, in the <laughs>
8: two rvs <laughs> yes
7: down by the river living in we, we finally made it we're living in our rvs down by the river
0: nice brian how does this show work how does it
7: work uh
8: well i mean you know scott purchases this, this old fishing resort and and built uh some new log cabins so we brought these four teams in one from arizona one from chicago we had a couple from ontario here uh and we gave them a budget we gave them a schedule you know every every week over seven weeks they had a challenge uh and and scott and i would mentor and try, try not to try not to derail or give them too much advice along the way uh and of course there's some shenanigans as well so you get to see you know people that typically watch the shows and think, I could do that. That looks easy. We got to see them break down and hit rock bottom uh, and, and come back from that, which which was amazing, and come back even stronger. Uh, so you, you get to see that emotional journey through this. You get to see some incredibly different designs and, and uh, you know, some amazing workmanship. And you, you get to see that real personal story and the stress as well. And, of course, you know, you get to see a little fun uh, that Scott and I have. But th- this was much tougher to judge for us than we anticipated, because the level of of skill and the, the level of design that the teams brought was just incredible.
0: Renovation Resorts premieres March fifth on HDTV Canada. Scott McGilvery, Brian Baumler, the co stars of that show, are with us here on Good Morning Hamilton on nine hundred CHML. Scott, what was the toughest part about going through the process of selecting the teams, judging them, the the whole kit and caboodle? How challenging was it?
7: Well, uh, you know, I'm going to be honest, this is the kind of it's a real life scenario, like I own this property, it's one of my vacation rental properties, you know, these are are going to be posted and rented. So it needs to be a great experience, uh, at least to the caliber, if not above uh, the other rental properties that I have. So there's a real business side to this. Um, and I think for me, the stress was, you know, do we have the right people? Do we trust what they're doing to these properties? Because we really did give them carte blanche. And uh, I would say that I have a little bit of heartburn from some of the things that happened. Uh, But overall, I think that there was a lot of unexpected findings for Brian and I and some learnings and some new ideas, which... You know, which is kind of the unknown you go into a show like this hoping for, like you're going to learn something new or, or figure out something different. So I, I think the biggest challenge is that this is all very real life and it is it does have to work as a business model. People will be vacationing in these properties. Um, and we had to bring in these cast, these groups of uh, designer contractor duos with you know, without any real pre-existing relationship with them.
0: Got about a minute with Brian Baumler and Scott McGilvery, the co-stars of Renovation Resort, premiering March 5th on HDTV Canada. Brian, we'll end it off with you. Um, are these teams going to surprise us?
3: I
8: 100%. Um, and like Scott said, this, uh, this was real, you know, watching these guys come in. I think, uh, you know, on day one, they thought this will be fun. Um, and and they quickly realized, and and Scott even got a taste of, of the last four years of my life, where your your business, your reputation, your money, uh, your mental health, everything you know comes into play. Everything is on the line. And it didn't taste very good. No, no. <laughs> and I've always said you know production, television production, and, and construction are two yeah. animals that don't uh, live well together in a cage. And when you when you put four other Teams into the mix and, and, and the financial aspect and the schedule and the budget and everything all together. uh, It's absolute chaos. And we were, we were surprised every single day. And I I think the viewers will be too.
0: Well, I'm sure the viewers are all going to enjoy it. I know I'm I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Scott, Brian, thank you for joining us. Good luck with us. Thanks Thanks for having us. That is Brian Baumler and Scott McGilvery, co-stars of Renovation Resort, premiering Sunday, March 5th, 10 p.m. Eastern Time on HDTV Canada. HDTV Canada, available through all major TV service providers. You can get it on the Global TV app, Stack TV with Amazon Prime Video Channels as well. Thanks to those guys for joining us here on Good Morning Hamilton.
1: Thanks for listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast. You can listen to the show live weekday mornings from 530 to 9 on 900 CA. HML and online at 900chml.com. The
0: Good Morning Hamilton podcast is available on Apple podcast, Google podcast, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. I'm Rick Samprin. Thanks again for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. It's free, so you never miss an episode and make sure you rate and review.